The muses are ghosts. And sometimes they come uninvited. Stephen King, Bag of Bones. Welcome to Books in the Fraser. I'm Stephanie, and today I'm joined by the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Ghosts in the Burbs, Liz Sauer, to talk to me about some spooky ghost books. So Liz, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Yay. I know I saw you post about it once, and I got like so excited. I'm like, no way she listens. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have to be careful when I listen to your show because I will just make a list and order seven books on Amazon. It's really bad. If I'm listening at night (laughs) and I've had a glass of wine, I'm just like, doot, doot, doot on Amazon. It's like, stop. You can get all these at the library. But they're just, oh, you have such good recommendations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you got our books in the freezer responsibly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. I am in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you knew that about me. I feel like I never mentioned that about myself. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but I was looking through and I actually found my local bookstore on here, Riverstones. So I was really excited. So you can look through and find your local bookstore on there. You can choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the one I'm talking about. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen while doing chores, walking the dog, relaxing at home. I mean, we're all doing a lot of that right now. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and you just don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of Books in the Freezer can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Just go to Libro.fm, L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code FREEZERBOOK. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Thank you, Libro.fm. So for listeners who aren't familiar with your podcast, tell us about Ghosts in the Burbs. Well, it is a podcast about the people of Wellesley, Massachusetts, where I live, and the ghosts and monsters who haunt them. And it's a little bit like Desperate Housewives meets Fear Street, I'd say. That is perfect. And it is. It is very, like, I love the idea of us suburban moms having something, (laughs) having some horror. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Just like a little horror over coffee. I kind of categorize it as cozy horror. It's my favorite genre where it's like you can kind of dip your toe and there's ghosts and monsters, but it's not there's no gore or anything too disturbing. You can kind of put it down right away. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I remember in your latest episode, you were saying you tried to be a cozy mystery writer, but you're like, you know what? I'm just a cozy horror writer. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I can't do it. I don't know what it was. I 
wanted for years to write a mystery and I'd been working on it and I took a hiatus from the podcast to finish the mystery and uh, I could not do it. It was just the hardest thing without just everybody knowing exactly who killed the person and why the entire time. So then I went back and added demons and ghosts into the neighborhood that I was writing about and it worked out. You got to do what works. When did you get into horror? I think pretty early, pretty, pretty early. I liked, I've always liked the feeling of being scared. So I think I was really pretty young. Um, the earliest horror movie I can remember watching is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was young, I think probably about eight. And then devoured all the Fear Street books, everything R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike and that whole genre that like late 80s, early 90s. And it was hard to come by then at the library. You would There'd be one book, like one tiny little section in the 001s where you would just go for the ghosts and the Loch Ness Monster. And um, now I feel like there's so much more access and it yeah. makes me so happy. Oh, definitely. So what would you say are some of your favorite horror books? Are any of them Freezer? Freezer? I think they all are. I think you've probably recommended all of them to me. Um, my, I like like that cozy horror, but dark comedy in horror is my favorite. So I love Horns by Joe Hill. I'm pretty that's sure that's one. one on your list. Um, the Last Days of Jack Sparks by Jason mm. Arnop. Loved it. it. Satan Loves You by Grady Hendrix. Anything by Grady Hendrix. I saw oh, you yeah. posted a picture of um, Southern Lady's Guide to Killing Vampires recently. Yeah. Did you post that? Yeah, yeah I, I did. loved it. I read it in like two days. Well, more suburban mom horror. <laughs> exactly. And he caught that feeling of being a suburban mom so perfectly. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> it was great. Um, but in terms of stuff that I found really scary, I'd say Pen Pal by Dathan Auerbach that oh, yeah. I had to put down and go back to. That was dreadful and great. And um, Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn, Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Oh, yeah. I feel like all of these are really oh. a lot of, we share them in common. Oh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. I don't think I've read Satan Loves You by Grady Hendrix. Is that a novella? You'd like it. Um, no, it's a, it's full size. Oh. I'm trying to remember. Like, yeah, it's good. It's great. I've skipped over it. I'll have to go back and check that out. It'll be a treat. You'll like it. It's one of just his fun, great books. So what do you think we find appealing about ghost stories? I think it's that everybody's got one. And it's like mm -hmm. they can range on that scale of zero, like the um, my Nana came to me in a dream sort of thing to like 10, where it's just like this like horribly nasty serial killer ghost haunting your family or poltergeist. But also everybody wonders what happens when you die. So... Yeah. It's the perfect spook. That's true. It's very universal. Do you remember the first ghost story you ever heard or read? Uh, yeah. So I've talked about it before on the podcast, but my mom is Mexican and like had all the superstitious like stories growing up. So oh, I definitely I grew up. I definitely grew up hearing about La Llorona. And my <gasps> mom would tell us like if we were bad, she was just going to come and scoop up kids in the middle of the night that were bad because she was just this woman who drowned her two kids and was forever wandering around searching for children to replace the children that she drowned <laughs> and so <laughs> if well, you misbehaved you had that you had that threat <laughs> hanging over you that this woman was gonna come and take you away <laughs> oh my god I love it did it frighten you like were you first were you scared or was it like I don't know like a little creepy 
Uh, I was very young, so it, it definitely worked, and I was definitely scared. And my mom would tell it to us, like, when I had cousins over, and all of us would be just like, Ooh. <laughs> you better behave. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'll get it. That'll get it done. <laughs> That's really Those good. Those stories as disciplinary tools. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. Perfect. I know. That's the thing. I feel like that's what so many urban legends. What about you? Um, I was trying to remember. And the thing that stands out, like I think probably, I can't remember exactly the first ghost story. The thing that stands out that scared the hell out of me was uh, there was this story about um, Three Men and a Baby, that movie. And we watched it a million times. And then the story came out where there was the shadow of a little boy who died on the set and you could see it in the movie. And this was when like you had to go and rent it at the video store. So my sisters and I got it and we saw the shadow. I don't think that was kind of like, oh, my God, the world will never be safe again. (laughs) Like I really (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And it is spooky. Like you can go watch it now. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube now. It's not like you have to go to the video king. But it scared the hell out of me. And that I fully believed. I did hear that. And then I think I saw someone on like BuzzFeed or something went back and like stopped it at the right moment. And it's like a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson that they just like stored oh, yeah. behind a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But then those things, yeah, just become these like real like, oh, urban don't legends. Ruin it. It's like, don't ruin it. <laughs> Let it be the ghost of a little boy, you know? I know. Oh, but it looks like when you look quick, you're like, oh, my God, this is real. (laughs) I I remember trying to, like, go through the Wizard of Oz and trying to find someone said that someone, like, hung themselves on set. I remember hearing that one and trying to, like, pause it and search in the background, like, so morbid, (laughs) really trying to see It is so morbid. I fully remember that, too. It was in the woods behind the Tin Man that someone hung themselves and they, like, filmed it. It's like, that's ridiculous. I know. But I do remember like rewinding, pausing it, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm trying to think if there are any other movie things like that. Yeah, I was probably like 12. After <laughs> like, school I gotta see it. with yeah. no one, no adult anywhere. <laughs> We're trying to look for a dead body. <laughs> Just normal great. things. <laughs> totally. So what do you think it is about ghosts that transcends horror because they really aren't just limited to horror we have things like you know a christmas carol yes totally i think again i think it's that it's universal everyone's lost a loved one so ghost stories kind of feel that hope that you might be able Mm -hmm. to see them again or know or they can let you know that they're safe or what happens on the other side Mm -hmm. but then it also has that like whole existential dread (laughs) like what the hell happens next the thing i think that is also so universal is that everyone has a ghost story and i think that's why it can occur in so many different genres because even skeptics if you say like do you believe in ghosts will be like no but there was that one time (laughs) you know everybody's (laughs) got a little something weird that happened where some strange thing happened like when their aunt died and the phone rang or whatever so i think it's just everybody connects to it in some way and it's so Mm -hmm. much fun it's just such a fun detail in any genre it's my favorite everything can be improved just a little bit of ghosts yeah just a little spooky exactly so do we have any favorite movies in the genre uh my very favorite is what lies beneath um with michelle pfeiffer and harrison ford i think that's one of the best ghost stories 
ever. It's just perfect. It's got like all the red herrings and perfect spookiness and a really good villain. So that's my definite favorite. Um, I love that movie. Oh, it's just great. My sister, I quote it all the time. <laughs> I just, I really love it. <laughs> um, what about you? I love The Sixth Sense. I watched that mm-hmm. like when it came out, you know, I was probably like around 10 and it just like changed my life. I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. And the ending just rocked everyone's world. <laughs> it was yeah. wonderful. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Um, I also, uh, kind of underrated, but I really liked The Haunting in Connecticut. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, like I really liked that. I've seen it. Yes. I had to, that's one that I had to go like 10 second, 10 second, 10 second with the clicker because it, I just skip ahead a little. It scared me. That was scary. (laughs) I thought that was really good. I agree. Yeah. I I watched that, I think, on a plane with like headphones. And yeah, those those jump scares get you. Yeah, they do. Totally. They do get you. Um, And then I actually didn't finish watching The Changeling. That was my homework for this week and I didn't finish watching it. I've never seen that. What is that one about? I don't know that one. Um, I've heard the name, but I don't know it. That is about, so we are talking about the changeling. Uh, That is about like an older man and his wife and daughter die kind of in an accident in front of him while he's going to get help. Like their car is stranded and like a a car hits them. And he... Yeah, it's it's pretty. That's how it opens, and then he moves into this like giant Victorian house uh, for some reason. Yeah, perfect. And like the big thing is like the his daughter would play with this red ball, and he sees like that red ball coming down the stairs, and he thinks he puts it away, and then the red ball keeps like coming down the stairs, and just like oh, little spooky boy. thing. Oh, that and sounds I think great. It's from the, I think it's from the 80s. Yeah, I started watching it and I'm like, oh, this will be a good one to talk about. And then I never finished it. So I don't know. I don't know what happens beyond uh, that. <laughs> all bets are off right now. I can't tell you how many things I've started and been like, oh, my God. I can't. It's just there's just no way. <laughs> but that sounds like mm-hmm. a good one. I'll save it on my I have my uh, wish list or watch list on Amazon Prime. I'll just kind of mm-hmm. scroll through there every once in a while yeah. if it hits me. So that's a good one to add. Yeah, that's on Shutter right now. Oh, good, good. Okay. I was trying to think of other ghosty, ghosty stories that have um, frightened me. But besides, I mean, poltergeist, but, you know, that was great. All three of them were great. But I feel like that's the one people think of. I've only watched the first one. Oh, another treat. You are in for a treat. The one from the 80s is fabulous. You'll love it. The third. Well, when we get to my chilling obsession, I'll talk a little bit about it later. Um, Okay. But yeah. So some stuff on the poltergeist for later. Okay. But yeah, what is it? What is another ghost movie? Isn't it hard to kind of I feel think like people are probably scre- people yeah. are probably screaming right now, like duh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I don't know why I couldn't like pull. Um, I just kept the thinking ring. of the well then. Oh, the ring. She's a ghost. There you go. Yeah. Oh, talk about a movie that like rocked my world. That was scary. Blair Witch Project. She's a ghost, right? No. I, I'm not sure. Maybe she's like a demonic something or other. But the ring was very, very frightening. Yeah. I remember I watched that when I was babysitting. It's not a good choice. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> I would have called like 911. Like someone needs to come sit with me. 
And then it was like 4th of July weekend and I was sit like I had to stay overnight in the kids room and they had glow sticks and they had put them together in the shape of a circle. So I saw like a glowing circle from the top bunk and I was horrified. (laughs) And then the next morning I saw it was just glow sticks. (laughs) But it's really like it's happening. (laughs) I was like seven days. Oh, that's great. (laughs) I'm never going to live to be 17. (laughs) that movie was that intense like it did make you think like oh my god oh man that's great oh I miss like um I this is gonna sound like old lady-ish but like I miss that kind of spooky movie I just feel like I haven't seen much of that maybe lately like I see I feel like it's a lot more kind of gore stuff that I just can't do um Mm mm-hmm I don't know. It's weird. I like scary stuff, but I can't take any kind of like sadness or gore. So that like kicks out a lot of horror. I feel you on that. Uh, Yeah. Like I body horror, like I really have to be, I have to like know what I'm getting into and it has to be like, I don't know, very few and far between (laughs) can I handle. So you want to talk about some books? Yes, definitely. Okay. So the First book I'm recommending is The Siren and the Spectre by Jonathan Jans. Oh! So this is about a guy named David Kane, and he's a famous skeptic, and he's invited to stay for a month at a house called the Alexander House, and it's it has the reputation of being, like, the most haunted house in Virginia. And David thinks it's going to be an easy assignment, of course, but it has a bloody history, and there's something there. Like, it's... It's not as easy as he thinks it's going to be, of course. David himself is haunted because the woman he loved took her life after he rejected her, and he suspects that she's followed him to Alexander House. So that's the basic, like, setup of the story is that he is, like, staying there for a month and all of these, like, crazy things start happening. He has these neighbors that are out of control, like, the worst neighbors you could possibly think of. I will say the pacing with this is really good and the atmosphere, it just ramps up to, like, a wild crescendo. Um, Jonathan Jans does really good character-driven stories, and I definitely remember the feeling of, like, reading this and having characters that I'm immediately rooting for and that I immediately, like, hate the villains, and I just have, like, strong feelings about, like, all of these people. (laughs) So in these stories, Jonathan Jans usually doesn't shy away from violence, so this is a lot more of, like, an intense, uh, gory story, and I would probably put it in the freezer just because... Yeah, I will say not for everyone. And it I do remember this creeping me out. Oh, I'm going to go for this one. <laughs> so that is The Siren and the Spectre by Jonathan Jans. Um, the first one I'm going, the first book I'm going to recommend. But I have to preface this by saying that in terms of ghost stories, like before any of these, read The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Because I feel like oh, that's yeah. our template for every ghost haunted ghost story house that's happened since. But... <laughs> After that, um, Ghoster by Jason Arnop. Uh, this story revolves around Kate. She's a paramedic who's been ruthlessly ghosted by her boyfriend right before she's set to move in with him. And he's not answering calls or texts. Her belongings are all in a moving truck and she has nowhere to go but the empty apartment where Scott lived. And it's empty save for two things, his cell phone and something lying in wait for her. 
I mentioned Jason Arnup in the beginning for The Last Days of Jack, Jack Sparks, and I love mm-hmm. his dark humor. He's just one of my favorite authors, and he uses that humor and plays on so many universal fears we have about the technology seeping into every corner of our lives that it creates this sort of like dreadful, panicky atmosphere. And how you're mentioning rooting for characters, I didn't, I wasn't rooting for Kate. I wanted to know what happened to her. But I found that I wasn't liking her very much. And I think it was that I was seeing, like, it's almost like I'm seeing myself and the problems I have with being obsessive about technology and, like, needing to know what happens and needing to know what's going to happen next. I think that's what made me uncomfortable about her. So (laughs) it was brilliant. I think this book is room temperature, but it might dip into the refrigerator at points with some pretty creepy imagery and spooky scenes. And the dread's perfect. And that is Ghoster by Jason Arnott. Interesting. So this is like a technology ghost story almost. Yes, it is. Definitely. Yes. My next pick is The Family Plot by Cherry Priest. And back when I we had a Books in the Freezer book club, this was one of the picks for the month. And I really enjoyed it. It, was, it ended up surprising me. Uh, so this is about the family-owned and operated Music City Salvage. Um, They get the chance of a lifetime when an old widow appears with a massive family estate to unload. But, of course, everything is not as it seems. Dahlia, um, the daughter of the owner, she preps like a small crew and they're going to go salvage this property that they just got, like this crazy big property. But when they get there, there's a lot that she didn't mention. Like there's also uh, a barn and a carriage house and a small cemetery and all this is stuff they did not know was there. The company is very tight on money. Like this was a chance that they took to like go and salvage this property. So to save money, of course, they have to stay at the property overnight that they are salvaging. Uh. And spooky stuff happens. This was another one where certain scenes I remember playing out in my head. Like like there is a scene where she like goes in the bathroom and is just getting ready to take a shower. And you just have this feeling of honey's like, like this is not... Not good. Watch your back. <laughs> Check oh, everything. That's great. <laughs> it was very yeah. good. And then it, it had like a little bit of a Southern Gothic flair to it because it takes place in Tennessee and it just, you know, with this like hidden cemetery and like crumbling old mansion. It just had like, I don't know, a lot of that atmosphere to it oh. that I thought worked really well. So this one I would say is fridge because there definitely was some scenes that got under my skin and creeped me out okay uh but i don't remember it being like all out like violent gory um so that was the family plot by sherry priest i'm going for that one too my next recommendation is the saturday night ghost club by craig davidson uh jake baker is a brain surgeon and this story is his memory of a summer growing up in 1980s in niagara falls in which he makes his first real friend, he falls in love for the first time, and he joins his uncle's Saturday Night Ghost Club. And there they do find ghosts, but he also discovers the horrible truth haunting his favorite uncle. And this book, um, it just has this feeling to it. It captures that whole, like, a sad nostalgia of difficult childhood memories so perfectly. And he kind of goes back and forth to present day and then back to his memories. And um, it's just shows how those hard times when you're little kind of reach out through your whole life and affect your trajectory. And I think this book is room temperature. 
um, in terms of horror. The ghosts aren't scary so much, but the truth they carry with them is pretty disturbing. And um, the imagery in it, it's a little bit spooky and just unsettling. And that's uh, The Saturday Night Ghost Club by Craig Davidson. This has been on my TBR forever. I need to just like finally get to it. And Craig Davidson is also Nick Cutter. Oh, I don't know Nick Cutter. Um, he wrote The Troop and The Deep and Little Heaven. It's got some horror, horror novels out. Yeah. Okay. The Troop is crazy. Well, you said you didn't like like animal yeah, stuff. Don't. It's definitely got animal stuff. Okay. The thing is, like, that's with um, mostly with movies. With books, I can handle a lot more. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely checking out the Saturday Night Ghost Club. Sounds good. Yeah, it's good. It's quick. It's pretty quick read. It's it's good. And my last pick uh, is Echoes, an anthology of ghost stories edited by Ellen Datlow. This was gigantic. This was like 837 pages. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) But it had like 32 short stories. Like it had just like, it was just this giant compendium of ghost stories. I love it. Okay. Um, So this came out. Last year, and it actually just won the Bram Stoker a few weeks ago for the anthology mm. category. Um, so this had just a lot of heavy hitters <laughs> in this anthology. Yeah. Uh, so one of the stories I like, the opening story actually, is Paul Tremblay, and his story is called Ice Cold Lemonade, 25 Cents, Haunted House Tour, colon, one per person. <laughs> and this <laughs> is about um, a boy, and he's remembering one summer when he was just like riding his bike around his neighborhood and his crush is his crush or his crush's little sibling had like a lemonade stand and they were doing like haunted house tours of their house so he paid the quarter and they like took him around their house but uh there might be something actually creepy there oh that's fantastic okay oh i can't wait to read it Another one I liked was uh, Vincent J. Masterton's Linger Longer. And this is about a girl going on a camping trip with her boyfriend. And then as soon as she settles in and she's like unpacking her room, she sees something and it kind of sets the mood for the rest of the trip. And I can't spoil a lot of this one, but I just, I don't know. I really liked it. That's all I'm going to say. It was a very short story. Um, Gemma Files, another heavy hitter, had one called The Puppet Motel, and this one was about a broke college student who has a job managing uh, an Airbnb uh, for someone, and so she takes care of the properties and gets people settled in, and there's one property, uh, one little apartment that just gets a lot of complaints. No one ever feels easy there. Um, It just kind of gives everyone the creeps. Um, But she and her boyfriend break up and she ends up having to stay there for a bit. And it gets weird. Another good one was Brian Evanson's uh, story called His Haunting. And this is just a man talking to his therapist about a ghost that stands in his doorway at night and just going through the different times in his life uh, that he's remembered this haunting. And uh, another good one was Alice Hoffman, which I was surprised to see <laughs> in this anthology. because She's not really a horror writer, but I mean, you know, she wrote Practical Magic and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but she has a story in here called The Other Woman. This is about a woman who's known for exterminating ghosts and she kind of does an in-home consult. And it's like a very short story, <laughs> but I thought it was it was good. And that's just like my favorite. This is, like I said, a collection of 32 <laughs> So looking through the reviews, everyone has different stories that resonate with them. Uh, So this was Echoes, an anthology of ghost stories. And like I said, this is huge. (laughs) 
So something for everyone. Oh, that just sounds, that's a good one to keep on your bedstand when you just want to pop into one book. I love that. I've got a Roald Dahl collection like that right now. Oh, yeah? I just love a short, I love a collection like that. Yeah, it's just easy to dip in and you know they're going to be good. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll put that one on my list too. Uh, The last book that I'm going to recommend is The Haunting of Blackwood House by Darcy Coates. This book is about as classic a haunted house story as you're going to get. It's got Mara, a fiercely and rather dysfunctionally independent young woman with a dark past and an iron will, an overwhelmingly kind and shockingly patient, strong, handsome boyfriend with carpentry skills and a sick mom, and it's got an old spooky house where a child serial killer once lived and died. It's the perfect fixer-upper, and what a steal. And Mara's going to buy that house and live in it alone, come hell or high water. I just found this to be the perfect cozy horror. As I was saying before, it's my favorite genre, and it's one that I try to write, uh, but it is a little dialed up. There are some really, there's some really spooky imagery, some really spooky scenes that happen. I reread it for our conversation, And it didn't scare me as much the second time, but it reminded me of how disturbing I found it the first time I read it. She has some scenes and scary things that stick with you. And if you're into the one that, if this one, then Darcy Coates has a million more that you'll love. She has so many books. And a lot of them are on Kindle and are really affordable. Really, usually 99 cents, which is awesome. So you can burn through them. And that is The Haunting of Blackwood House by Darcy Coates. Nice. Yeah, she's an author I've been meaning to read. So have you read other stuff by her? Yeah, I've read a couple of her things. I just downloaded one of her um, audiobooks. It's, um, she's fun. They're just fun ghost stories. Nice. I'll have to check her out. Now on to chilling obsessions. So Liz, what have you been enjoying in horror? Um, Something that I've reread re- recently, which is probably my third read of it is Will Storr versus The Supernatural by Will Storr. And he is a journalist who wanted to see if ghosts were real. So he has to tag along with a demonologist, with some Civil War reenactors. I think, am I mixing him up? I'm pretty sure. Um, Because there's another book where I think he actually goes and digs in real deep to the Civil War lifestyle. So maybe this led him to that. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But he goes into it thinking like most people would like yeah it'd be great to see something but this probably isn't real and he this book creeped me out he has some really spooky experiences they're subtle but they're very frightening and um especially around the idea of possession which is also another one of my favorite topics besides ghosts i love demonic stuff and exorcism things and possess people so he kind of dips into all that great stuff so that's will store versus the supernatural by will store so I've never heard of him. Is he like an investigative author? Reporter, yeah. Reporter. Yeah, and author. He, um, let me just see, because I feel like he had, if he's the one that wrote the one on the Civil War reenactors as well, he kind of just um, got entrenched in their lifestyle for a little bit. And it was so wonderful. He's written for The Guardian, Sunday Times, The New Yorker, New York Times. So was he's he going great. into this as a skeptic? I'd say he's sort of a, I don't know if he'd even fall into skeptic. I'd say he's more, he's like an open-minded, maybe open-minded skeptic. Not okay. a hard, like, this is fake. More like a, like, what? I mean, is there anything? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yeah. 
It's fun. My chilling obsession, uh, I watched on Shudder, I think last week, but it's their series called Cursed Films. And uh, it's like a few episodes long. And yeah, it's about the urban legend kind of story productions around certain movies like The Exorcist and The Omen and Poltergeist. Like, you know, the did they use real skeletons? You know, they had two actors that died. And people just kind of create this whole like mythos around these movies. And, you know, some of them are more sad. Like they have an episode on The Crow and what happened on set. And they had someone who kind of explained what the malfunction was with the prop, like what went wrong. So, yeah, that one was that one was obviously like very sad. Right. The one about the omen was kind of interesting because they they interviewed so many people on both sides like they interviewed people who were satanists and asked them like oh like could this could is there merit to these rumors and you know people that were skeptics and people that worked on there and it's just interesting to kind of see all the different perspectives on the stuff that happened this sounds fantastic i didn't know anything about the omen i've heard the poltergeist one the exorcist one and then the crow thing but i didn't hear about um the omen, so the omen awesome. had a lot of like weird coincidences where like the um Gregory Peck and then I think the director took two flights and both flights were like hit by lightning and just like oh. weird coincidences like that. So yeah, there was quite a few with the omen. Yeah, like a lot of stuff that I learned that I didn't even know about, um, along with stuff that I had been hearing, you know, my whole life and just kind of interesting to see the stories behind that so that was cursed films on shutter i'll be watching that tonight well thank you so much for joining me to talk about this this has been an episode i've been wanting to do for forever and i'm glad you were the guest that i had on to do this episode with me so thank you so much thank you so much for asking me to do this i am so honored i absolutely love your podcast i just love your recommendations and i'm just so happy to be here so thank you and where can people find you online? They can find me at ghostsintheburbs.com for my podcast stuff. And then over at lizreadsandwrites.com for kind of more book recommendations. And it's a sort of catch-all for all the stuff that I write and do. All right. Well, thank you again so much. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer. You can send me an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes are at booksinthefreezer.com. So there you'll find a list of all the books that were mentioned in this episode. And like I said, all previous episodes. Uh, The podcast is on Patreon as Books in the Freezer. And we have a one, three, and five dollar level for Patreon supporters. At the one dollar level, you get access to the episodes on Sunday instead of Tuesday when the episodes would drop. And you get to know the upcoming episode topic one week in advance. At the $3 level, you can access the Voxer group chat where we go on and talk about what we're reading. It's a fun group. Um, I've also recently started doing uh, movie nights where we watch something on Netflix and uh, we all chat about it. So, so far we have seen 
the ritual, the invitation, train to Busan, uh, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house, and hush. I was like, there was one more. It was hush. And at the $5 level, you do get access to bonus episodes, which there haven't been bonus episodes in a while, but I am working on one at the moment. So hopefully now that this is all kind of going back to normal, I will have more bonus episode content for you guys. You can also support the podcast uh, by using the Amazon link. And so like whatever you would buy on Amazon, you would just click the podcast link for it and uh, that would help us out but you do not have to spend any money to support the podcast Uh, one way to do that is to leave us a review on a podcast app um, like apple podcast and even just a one sentence review really helps us out uh, with visibility another way to help us out is to just post about it on social media and tell your friends about it i mean word of mouth is huge for small indie podcasts like this so thank you to all of you that do that every week it's a huge help and an encouragement so thank you i do see that i'm stephanie you can find me on twitter at lady underscore ganya that's l-a-d-y underscore g-a-g-n-o-n you can find me on Instagram at that's what she read and that's that's with two A's or on YouTube as that's what she read. And join us next time for Books in the Freezer. <laughs>